Comey was spying on Trump. Well, the reason he was writing the memos was to create a record so that he could destroy No Trump. American knowingly colluded with the Russians to interfere in our election campaigns. Oh wait, unless you mean Hillary Clinton. Pardons, prosecutions, and transparency. You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thanks for joining us. A busy week. I had attended CPAC to give a big speech. I'll talk about that. Plus, Judicial Watch is in court defending your rights under the Constitution. A big brief we filed with the Supreme Court this week. I'll talk about that. On top of that, we're trying to free President Trump. We are advocating for uh, bringing President Trump back onto Facebook and other big tech big tech platforms. I have some developments there as well. So a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, I'm not where I normally am. I'm not at home this week. I'm traveling here in Florida again. I was here earlier this week or last weekend for CPAC. I, uh, thousands of conservatives were here in Orlando uh, a gathering to hear conservative leaders speak like yours truly. And obviously, President Trump famously spoke as well. Uh, I gave a big speech uh, shortly before President Trump spoke, and I hope you're able to see it. And if not, I encourage you to watch it. We'll have a link uh, uh, in the video below. And I encourage you to share it as well, because I think it's really important. Because what I went through was the threats to the republic and what we can do about it. It's not just complaining about the weather. It's saying what it is we can do to try to protect our constitutional republic on areas from accountability for the corrupt uh, Obama, Biden, Clinton cabal that uh, is uh, still needs to be held fully accountable for its misconduct or much more accountable. Uh, the threat to our borders, the threat to secure and free and fair elections, all those issues I raised in dramatic ways. And uh, I thought it was an effective speech, not because I gave it, I'm biased, obviously, uh, but because I talked about what it is we need to do. It's one thing to say, well, these are all the issues we agree upon. And I don't need to tell you what we agree upon, don't I? Don't I don't I don't need to, do I? Uh, we all know we're in favor of limited government, we're in favor of strong national defense, we want uh, economic liberty, individual liberty, uh, we want to protect uh, the family, we want to uh, save the unborn, all sorts of things we all agree upon. Uh, but we're also facing this corruption crisis here in Washington, D.C., and there's a way forward. And Judicial Watch is providing that way forward by highlighting the tools under the law we have to hold government accountable, to find out what the government's up to. And uh, it's not a perfect method in the sense that you know, sometimes you want to see, I'm sure, a lot of people go to jail for the misconduct you perceive here in Washington, D.C., uh, but if Judicial Watch isn't asking these questions, you can be sure that no one is going to be asking the questions. And you can be sure that um, uh, the corrupt government officials of both political parties that you're concerned about uh, will just do more uh, and uh, worse uh, than they're already doing in terms of violating our liberties. I mean, I, I tell you, we're, we're fighting for free elections, free, fair elections, clean elections. We're holding Nancy Pelosi accountable under law, suing Congress for access information about 
what went on with the Capitol right, who knew what and when. Uh, we're in court now uh, for information about Joe Biden and the corruption he's involved in with his family, as alleged. Uh, I call it the Biden racketeering scandals. And of course, Judicial Watch has been second to none in figuring out what went on under Obamagate. We probably have done more to educate the public about Obamagate than John Durham. So I encourage you to watch the speech and I encourage you to share it because it effectively talks about these corruption issues in a way that people really can't argue with factually. And dramatically, we call attention to the opportunities uh, to save our republic in this regard because there's... Uh, I, I know you all think there are significant challenges out there, but you know we just have to do what we can do, and the speech does a good job of showing that. Uh, and one of the things in terms of doing what we can do is just showing up in court and expressing our views under law. And uh, you know the left is uh, they call it cancel culture. I you know it's really communism in some respects, where uh, the left can brook no opposition. A totalitarian impulse of the left has been unleashed in many respects over the last few years. And it happens in big ways and small ways. The big way is uh, people being deplatformed and thrown off the internet or uh, having their businesses destroyed or their livelihoods destroyed because uh, they dare stand against the opposition uh, or they, they are opposed those who uh, uh, are running the country more or less right now in Washington, D.C. Uh, but there are other subtle ways where uh, there are regulations in place or the left are trying to put in place to chill opposition. It's more subtle. And one of those places is in California. You know, under federal, uh, under the IRS, you know, nonprofits have to turn over sometimes certain donor information to the IRS. And that information doesn't, isn't made public. The IRS keeps it confidential. It's not released to the public. Uh, but it's for the IRS's eyes only. And what California has decided to do is they've decided to make nonprofits who operate or do business in their state turn over that confidential federal tax information, that don't private donor information, to them. To them. And I think it was instituted, if I recall, under Kamala Harris when she was Attorney General. Judicial Watch uh, tried to investigate what was going on there. Uh, but as you might imagine, uh, there have been objections to that because A, it's federal tax data, data but more importantly, B, it um, it chills speech because if you're turning it over to uh, a group of leftists in California, they really don't have any good reason for it other than they just want to let people know or that they know who they are, even if they, quote, won't release it. I mean, as if that's reassuring because uh, these things sometimes get leaked. Uh, that chills speech. Now, I know we're not allowed to remember history in this uh decrepit age we're in, but the history of the Obama administration is that one of using the IRS to abuse the powers of uh, the gather information about tax information from nonprofits uh, to intimidate, harass, and really shut down Obama's political opposition at the time. So uh, this challenge to California's law is now has now made its way to the Supreme Court. The Judicial Watch had asked the court and filed what is called a friend of court brief, an amicus brief, asking the court to consider this. 
case or take it up, and the court since has. So we filed a brief with our partners, our, uh, the Allied Educational Foundation, we often partner with on amicus briefs of, these na of this nature, friend of court briefs, friends of court briefs, in this case, amici briefs. And, uh, and we are obviously asking for this California law uh, to be overturned. And I have here uh, a, uh, some excerpts from the brief I'll read you. Let's see. As I said, it compels this law in California, compels the disclosure of certain organizations' donors. And we argued that the decision, the, of course, it was the Ninth Circuit, which I don't need to tell you about, uh, it upheld the California's donor disclosure requirement. And we said that it could have an adverse effect on all issue-oriented educational nonprofit organizations. We say the decision is not only wrong, it would also chill the free exercise of millions of Californians' protected First Amendment rights. It clearly affects individuals' Ill willingness to donate, to donate, excuse me. Indeed, recent widely publicized reports show that threats, harassment, or reprisals have occurred from either government officials or private party and parties. And you know, there's a famous case that goes back to the late 50s. It's, I call it the NAACP case. It was a Supreme Court case. And uh, there were opponents of the NAACP back then who wanted access to the the members of the NAACP, supporters, donors, and all that, that. And the Supreme Court said no. They said the right of association is, quote, is almost as inalienable in its nature as the right of personal liberty. No legislator can attack it without impairing the foundations of society. So we have this fundamental freedom of association on, as recognized by this uh, First Amendment. Again, this is your God-given right. The, the Constitution recognizes and, and puts into onto paper what is your God-given right. And freedom of association is part of the First Amendment. And we say regarding the chilling effect uh, the California law would impose on free speech and free association, uh, we pointed out the notorious, as I said, the IRS scandal under the Obama administration, in which the agency targeted conservative organizations' applications for tax exempt status. And, you know, I know separately that the IRS under uh, the Obama administration in league with the FBI and the DOJ were very interested in looking at the donors to these groups as well. And they illicitly shared the IRS did with the uh, political operatives in the FBI and DOJ, the identities of certain, of many donors. And Judicial Watch uncovered that took place and it forced the FBI to turn back the information to the IRS and they admitted they weren't allowed to have it. Who was running, by the way, the FBI when all that happened? Robert Mueller. What followed, as we say, was an extremely troubling episode in which public officials used government resources to silence political opponents. U.S. Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration audited the unit for responsible for processing applications by organizations seeking tax-exempt status and found inappropriate criteria were used to identify tax-exempt applications for review. There had been deliberate, systematic targeting of conservative groups. These instances of targeting and harassing conservative donors and nonprofits are nationally famous. Donors are certainly aware of these events. And specifically, Judicial Watch, as uh, as we say in the brief, 
In our experience, any law or regulation that requires additional disclosure of donor, donor data, especially to a state government that has publicly demonstrated animosity to conservative viewpoints, has the real potential to chill speech. And as I said in my comment uh, that we attached to our release uh, highlighting this brief we filed with the Supreme Court of the United States, cancel culture with the help of California's government wants to target and expose donors of not only Judicial Watch, but other conservative groups in order to crush dissent. And we hope the Californians, uh, we hope the Supreme Court shuts down California's attack on donor privacy as it's an attack on the First Amendment itself. So this is an important issue. Uh, it's not just here in Washington, D.C. that the First Amendment's under assault. We see, as I noted in my speech to CPAC last week, if you want to know what the left's approach to the First Amendment is, look at the miles-long fence around the nation's capital. But it isn't just in Washington, D.C. In California, they're messing around un, uh, inappropriately, in our view, uh, with um, by uh, messing around with your First Amendment rights by forcing organizations like Judicial Watch and others who want to be operate in California. Judicial Watch, for instance, is very active in California. We have lawsuits trying to uh, vindicate the rights of taxpayers not to uh, spend uh, have their money spent on sanctuary policies that are deadly and dangerous. Uh, we are opposing illegal quota requirements for boards of directors in California. Uh, we're about as active as anyone could be from a national group's perspective. Uh, we've got the election case that we filed in California that's ongoing uh, with Los Angeles County. There's a settlement that's requiring the state, and specifically LA County, to clean up up to 1.6 million names off the voter rolls. So they want to mess with us in California. They want to mess with anyone who wants to be active in California and uh, by forcing uh, this donor disclosure. So we're fighting it in the Supreme Court with our friends at the Allied Educational Foundation. So uh, let's hope the Supreme Court does the right thing here. Uh, it's not going to chill us in the sense that we're going to keep on doing what we can do. Uh, but we're trying to protect the rights of our donors. Our donors have reasonable expectations of privacy under the First Amendment. And we're going to try to vindicate those rights. So uh, this is, again, uh, something that Judicial Watch is strongly committed to. We're going to stand strong for the rule of law and the Constitution against the predations of the left that would destroy the Constitution and the First Amendment. Now, along those lines, there is the assault on free speech by the allies of these uh, government officials, uh, big tech. They're leftists. They don't like conservatives. They obviously are targeting uh, President Trump, I'm still locked out of Twitter, by the way, uh, and President Trump has been walled off from accessing the American people uh, through uh, pretty much every social media platform. His speech to CPAC, which was big news because it was the first speech he gave since um, he uh, left the presidency, was taken down reportedly by YouTube. There's no, you can't, you can't find copies of his speech on YouTube. I mean, if that's not an anathema to our free speech and the First Amendment, I don't know what is. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't need lectures from leftists telling me that these are these are private entities and they can do whatever they want. No, they can't really. And if they're working in league with government officials, it raises additional issues. 
So um, the law is not as necessarily clear here. And, you know, free speech is a bigger principle than just, quote, the First Amendment and which restricts certain government activities. It's a, it's a God-given right we have that shouldn't be restricted by any government or corporation inappropriately. And here it's being done for dishonest purposes, not because they have any uh, concerns. And uh, Facebook had set up this oversight board to... Uh, uh, Facebook has been one of the entities that knocked Trump off or suspended Trump. And the Facebook Oversight Board is this nominally independent agency or group of people that Facebook funds that can overrule Facebook's censorship decisions. So it's kind of an odd situation. Uh, most of the uh, folks we found on that board were uh, uh, had been connected to the Soros, Soros operations or groups and or, or groups who have been funded by Soros. So they're not necessarily all conservative. Um, they've had issued a few decisions that were pro-free speech, so we, uh, that was good. So they were seeking comments from the public about Facebook's decision to keep Trump off its platform, and uh, Judicial Watch took that opportunity. I mean, it's the process. And so we shared on behalf of you uh, what we thought about what Facebook should do or what this oversight board should do in terms of uh, protecting the free speech of Donald Trump, which, of course, is as just as much about your free speech as it is about Donald Trump's. So along those lines, uh, we've sent a, a, a memo or a letter to Facebook, and this is what I wrote on behalf of Judicial Watch. Let's see. Facebook and big tech censorship of former President Trump. Well, this is the comment I made. Uh, Facebook and big tech censorship over uh, of President Trump is an attack on the free speech of every American. And simply put, and this is basically what this is, big tech should stop censoring conservatives to help Joe Biden. That's kind of the pity aspect of this. But the formal report was, or the formal uh, comment I made for Judicial Watch and you, is uh, the following. Judicial Watch is a nonprofit, nonpartisan educational foundation promoting transparency, accountability, and integrity in government and fidelity to the rule of law. It is fair to say that Judicial Watch is the largest government transparency organization in the United States, probably in the world. The Oversight Board, which is this Facebook entity, should quickly reverse Facebook's panicked decision to suspend then-President Trump from its platform. The decision is an affront to the First Amendment protections of free speech, peaceable assembly, and the right to petition the government. There is no credible evidence that, that President Trump either morally or legally incited violence. He was resoundingly, he was resoundingly acquitted by the United States Senate after the impeachment prosecutors um, failed to produce credible evidence he incited violence. For Facebook to suggest President Trump incited violence and that complaints about the administration of an election could incite violence is a political position aligned with the left and political opponents of President Trump and his supporters. The Trump standard Facebook would set for speech on its platform would, if fairly applied, limit core political speech of every user on every public policy topic. 
specifically left partisans, now seek to effectively criminalize those who advocate for free, fair, and secure elections. Facebook's ban of President Trump provides moral cover to this attack on the rights of tens of millions of Americans. And there is no apolitical process for censoring or even or even uh, fact-checking political speech. And Facebook's policy should reflect this reality on topics ranging from election reform to, as the Oversight Board previously found, COVID debates. And I parenthetically note, the internet and platforms such as Facebook are increasingly seen as public accommodations in Washington, D.C., restricting access to public accommodations based on political affiliation, for example, is prohibited under the D.C. Human Rights Act. So there are jurisdictions that prohibit discrimination based on political affiliation. The brazen deplatforming of President Trump is chilling the speech of other Facebook users and internet users generally who fairly worry about Facebook censoring and deplatforming them. Facebook censorship also undermines government and related transparency. Politicians who communicate their views on Facebook are providing transparency and information that otherwise may not be available to voters and citizens. Deplatforming President Trump certainly chills the speech of other politicians and deprives citizens of useful insights about these politicians and government policies. So when they target Trump, they're targeting you. They are suppressing speech across the board. And it's on behalf of leftists who don't want opponents to speak out against what they're doing on virtually every public policy issue. And in my view, when Facebook and these internet uh, big tech companies engage in censorship and they say they're doing it for reason X, when in fact they're doing it for reason Y, which is leftist and partisan and completely arbitrary and capricious, they're engaged, they're falsely advertising, they're engaged in business fraud, they're lying to their investors, which is securities fraud, and they should be subject to investigation for it. So this isn't even a Section 230 issue. This is just basic fraud. And so I hope the Oversight Board takes some action here. Uh, there have been other elected officials in other countries who have expressed concern about what Facebook and Big Tech has done to President Trump. And obviously, we're all concerned about it because we know he's a stalking horse for the uh, for other Americans and citizens fairly across the world who don't want to march to the establishment drum on, on issues ranging, as I said, from COVID to election integrity, to life, to some of these cultural issues, immigration. Believe me, they're going to start cracking down on criticism of Obama's, uh, excuse me, Freudian slip, Biden's uh, crazed amnesty agenda that is uh, destroying uh, our border security and endangering the public safety and public health. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, for instance, YouTube, if I say the wrong thing on the election, they'll take the video down. So, uh, you know, either we abandon all these platforms, which I don't think is something we all want to do. I mean, Judicial Watch is an educational group. We want to be able to talk to as many people as possible without an unreasonable restriction on our ability to talk. And so President Trump is a test case 
Uh, he's the canary in the coal mine. And I, I say that knowing that other conservatives have had uh, been taken off already. So we need to fight uh, and stand up for free speech. And Judicial Watch has other ideas in that regard. So this is something we uh, submitted. And so uh, big tech censorship is something we take very seriously because, as I said, big tech is a front for big government in this regard. And, uh, you know, to have this unified effort to destroy free speech is something that we should be very much concerned about. So uh, we will be, I encourage you again to watch the CBAC speech. Uh, the brief I talk about is available on our internet site. And so was this uh, comment I gave to a uh, brief on uh, donor privacy is available on our internet site. And so is the material I just talked to you about, about Facebook. So uh, Judicial Watch will continue to do the heavy lifting on behalf of you, the American people, the rule of law, and of course, our glorious Constitution. Thank you and have a great week, and I'll see you next time here on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.